Hi there, welcome to the SDGs and Me podcast where we journey through the dynamic world of leadership with a particular focus on the realm of youth leadership in the sustainable development goals sector. My name is Grace Nakesawasa and I am your host and I am thrilled to embark on this enlightening adventure with you. Our mission is clear to explore stories, ideas, and strategies of young people who are driving change in the context of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So if this is something that you're interested in, you are in the right place. Hello, guys. Welcome to the SDGs and Me podcast, a podcast by SDGs and Me. And I am your host, Grace Nakesawaswa, a change maker, a young leader who is really passionate about having conversations around sustainable development goals. And at the SDGs and Me podcast, we have conversations with like-minded young people who are already doing amazing and incredible work in their countries, in their communities, and are really, really impacting society with the activities and the initiatives that they are partaking. My guest today is another incredible change maker who I met here in Nairobi. Um, and he has an incredible, incredible story that he's going to share with us. And the impact that his, you know, the work that he's doing has really created a lot of impact. And of course, it's, it's such an honor to have him on the podcast today. And I would really, really, you know, whatever you're doing, just stop and, and have a listen so that we can get to learn from what he's doing and, and listen to understand how different young people from different parts of Africa are creating impact in their society. So Isaac, welcome to the show. We are really honored to have you. Um, while you're in Kenya, I hope you learned one or two Swahili words. I hope you learned what, uh, how we say welcome. Did you? Oh, yes. Karibu. <laughs> Yeah. Karibu. Yeah. Karibu sana. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Please do introduce yourself and what you do, and then we can dive into the questions. Oh, thank you for having me, Grace. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Bamidele Isaac Itsunu. I am a change maker in Nigeria, and it's it's a, an incredible honor to have met Grace in Kenya, Nairobi, uh, on the Youth Energy Summit in Nairobi, Kenya at KICC. Uh, like I said, or like Grace has said, um, it's it's always an honor to come online as young people and devise solution and initiatives, and most especially to the challenges that we face in our world. So it's really an honor to be here with you, Grace. Um, thank you very much for having me. You've, we've had a conversation about what you do before. And I'm really excited for the guys that are listening to hear the impact and the work that you've been doing around SDG4. So please do introduce what you do and then talk to us about what your organization has done before we get into now. Um, how you got to where you are right now as a change maker. Well, thank you very much, Grace. Uh, it's always exciting to share about my journey um, as a person and then as um, a leader of an organization. So uh, I'll just give a brief uh, professional description. Currently, uh, I mean, I've worked with um, a lot of uh, organizations and even the government. And I've been a little bit up and, up and running in the education sector of my country, uh, worked as an education leader with Lagos State Government and uh, a Teach for Nigeria fellow. I understand that in Kenya, it's called Teach for Kenya. 
where young and amazing academics come together to solve the, the education problem of the country. Yeah, so it's been a really, really big time for me uh, learning in Teach for Nigeria. And a bit after that, uh, currently working, I'm working with New Globe as a program manager schools for a state in Nigeria. I think it's called County in Kenya, uh, where we provide solutions, educational uh, solutions through technology to the old states. I manage uh, the program for schools, and that's actually a lot. So, uh, I mean, talking from that experience, uh, I'll just dive into my change-making experience. Yes, I'm the founder of Giddy to School Nigeria. Uh, and the vision of Giddy to School Nigeria is that one day, uh, all Nigerian kids uh, would have access to equitable uh, quality education to make them you know, a self-reliant citizen of the world, not just of Nigeria. And so uh, this, this vision is, is a very broad one, which can also be applied to an applicable and transferred uh, piloted to other African countries. Uh, I have a little bit of a story to this, um, uh, how I got into the, the change-making space was actually a... Yeah. And with... Let's go Sorry ahead, for, for, for... No worries. No worries. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and and would really, really would love to hear that story, especially how you... Because even from what I've heard from you, Mm-hmm. Um, the programs that you're leading for 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 children and in schools that's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Thank so you. I guess then that ties into what you are about to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, how you got to where you are right now? Why SDG four? Because I, I I feel like sometimes for us change makers we are tied to some developmental journeys because one we may have experienced a challenge in the past mm-hmm. or we saw something that we identified a, a gap and decided that we actually need to rise up and mm-hmm. step up That's so what what's your story how did you get here as a change maker <laughs> Thank you very much, Grace. That's that's actually like getting a little bit under my skin. Uh, I've told this story on I think um, K twelve. Uh, an international magazine uh, some 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 months ago, I think years ago. And yeah, I'm glad to, to tell it again. So growing up, I grew up in uh, a low-income community, um, like a town, just like a town, not as big as Nairobi. Not in fact, Nairobi is a city. Uh, it's just a small town, like a suburb. And education there was not like what you'd kind of experience in uh, in the cities, and so the quality of learnings and, in fact, the quality of life that people live is not something that you, you could get basic amenities uh, like people would get in the city. So I kind of kind of just marginalized. So I have an understanding of what it means to be marginalized, right? What it means to not have a quality education yet, but then we tried to get what we could. So uh, growing up, uh, a lot of children would say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be this, I want to be an aeronautical engineer, I, I want to be a pilot. Yeah, I mean, I had those fantasies as well. But when I got a little bit older, I started to face the reality of, you know, working in purpose. And I started getting in touch with some of my cause. And then there are experiences that also shaped me into who I am today, which I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing a, a bit about them now. So when I was in primary four, I had a teacher who actually like kind of um, bullied me right, because of some things that happened at the time. And, you know, as a child, you can't really tell on your teacher when you get home. So you just have to to follow through and you know, just keep, keep mute and keep quiet. So 
uh, it was a big, big one at the time. And then I kept that resentment in my mind and then entering into the senior secondary school. And then I, I, I was going to uh, have the same issue again with some teachers. So first of all, uh, in my secondary school, it got really serious that uh, some of us in the class were being actually like being bullied because of some some circumstances uh, that surrounds that surrounds the the class at the time. We had a teacher who doesn't really believe in us, and which is why I see education as a very big big space, right? Like you are dealing with the future. You're not just dealing with some kids. You're not just dealing with some 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 people. You're dealing with potentials. You're dealing with uh, a, a lot when it comes to the future of, of a nation, of a place, of a people, right? So I decided in my mind that, you know what? I'm going to be an educator and I'm going to be an educator that's different from this kind of person that is maltreating us in the classroom. And that was how my journey began. Uh, coupled with the fact that I can read anything in a book, I'm really, really like uh, a bi bibliophile. I love reading and stuff. So uh, when I picked a form for the university, I decided to go into the education sector. So for me, it was a uh, an intentional decision to go into the education sector while every other person was going to pick medicine, going to pick, um, you know, engineering, uh, law. I wanted to be a teacher. Now, that's that's for many people, that's low. Like, in fact, I had some some issues around even my family. Like, why do you want to be a teacher? Why a teacher? A mix of everything that you could be, right? Uh, so I told them they should they should just let me do what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I I love to do. And because of my experiences, which I've shared just in a bit, uh, it made it really really you know click for me on all ends on both ends that you know what this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're meant to do. Coupled with other things. Uh, along the line then. So I said that my community where I grew up actually played a big role in me picking this stuff because I, I really know what it feels like to, to grow up in a place where they, they don't have equal access to quality education. And I know that there are million more, or millions more children like me in these low-income communities that are not going to experience quality education if no one is speaking for them. And I understand, and I know that there aren't many people that came to our rescue while I was still in that community and while I was going through everything that I went through as a student. So I wanted to just be, you know, a glimmer of hope for someone out there and to just, you know, even if it's just to go out there and tell them, you, we, we understand what you're going through. Even the motivation in all alone is enough for them to sail through whatever, you know, uh, uh, whatever um, uh, thing the, their education journey is throwing at them. And to, to buttress it all, uh, we all know that education is the tool, the most powerful weapon to change the world, according to Nelson Mandela. I so much owe Nelson Mandela in that regard because he's one person that really, really, really has fought for the interests of the common people and is a big champion when it comes to education. So I love that quote a lot and I am leaving it out outrightly. Like, yes, uh, education is really the tool mm -hmm. to change the world. Amazing. And I, I I I actually disagree with you on one point. <laughs> um, but it's a positive disagreement. Um okay. th that people one, I agree with you that people do see teachers as, you know, a career is such a low career, but I believe that you as teachers, I mean, 
that's the most noble career ever because you are the ones that make us lawyers and you yeah. make us doctors and you True. make us all the great things that um we want to be so yeah i i disagree that i i actually teaching is not is is not a low kind of career yes. and it's i have a lot of respect for for Thank for a you. lot of teachers so that, that's a beautiful story Thank that you, you you saw the situation firsthand and you made an intention to you know get into university and study education hmm. and even the quote by, by Nelson Mandela that yes education has has the power to transform the world it is through education that we're able to come up with innovators and these amazing people that change the world so amazing journey that you have there thank you Grace. now let's talk about the impact your organization has and you know something that's also really nice is that you are you are in SDG four, but you're also a teacher, so you actually do know what you're doing. A lot of us change makers, and and um, I like talking to many young change makers and telling them that you need to know, have a slightly an experience of what you're doing or or an idea of the of the problem that you're trying to solve. For you, you are a teacher. You're trying to um, ensure that everybody gets education. So you already understand. You've worked in the feet and you have the experience. And so you you know exactly what you're doing in terms of the education sector. So let me talk to us about the impact that you have created through your organization so that people can get to know um, how many numbers have you touched? Uh, you know, what's the age group um, and how exactly have they been touched by your work? Thank you very much, Grace. Uh, thank you for the kind words as well. So I'll just dive into the impacts of our organization real fast. Uh, it's it's a lot actually, but I'll, I'll try to bring it, you know, just touch points and just move, right? So talking about where you left off the age range. So we have programs that actually touches uh, almost all age ranges uh, to adults. So depending on what projects are you talking about, we have various projects in uh, gd to School Nigeria that we used uh, to develop our communities, uh, uh, human resources, and our education sector as, as, as a whole. So, um, but basically, I'm going to talk about three value propositions that are very dear to our hearts in Gideon School Nigeria. Like, we don't play with those three. They are the pilots, like the pilot for our plane when it comes to operations. The first one is um, palliative projects palliative projects. So as uh, a, a Tick for Nigeria fellow, I spent two years of my life in a low-income community of Lagos State. Uh, when I say low-income community, it's really a low-income community. We do not have lights. I can count how many times we had electricity. Uh, so most of the times we had to rely on uh, alternatives to get our phones, our laptops, our gadgets powered, even to connect to the world and all of that is a big problem. Uh, there are no basic amenities. There is no hospital. If you are sick, you have to get get to the the town, the next town to get you know all of stuff like this. Uh, you know, really giving our lives to this cause and studying. You know, because you cannot solve a problem without experiencing firsthand what the problem is. So we try and understand what the problem is to be able to put out projects and value propositions in terms of solution. Because until you hear people tell you what the problem is before you can actually talk about, oh, this is the solution and let the people also have a say in what their solutions should be. I think that's the first stage of social impact, scaling and understanding the validity of the solution you're proposing to the people. So yeah, the first thing is project intervention. So in many cases, I've seen, I've seen kids that didn't even eat in the morning. Their parents don't even have what to give to them. 
and you want them to go to school. If a, a, a child that's hungry will not learn anything. So we understand that, yeah, we are we we and most of our projects are you know targeted towards grassroots communities, low-income communities, these people that cannot naturally afford uh you know to, to go to school. And you understand that if you gather 10, 20, 30 people in this community, you go to the next community, you gather 10, 20, 100, 200 kids like that in the community. And then when you put them together, you see that there's a large chunk of people, of children who would not go to school because they don't have what to eat. And then there's so much or so little the government can do. So we need to put all our ends together. Even if it's that extra incentive of, oh, you know what? We're going to give you this uh, palliative, uh, if it is books, if it is um, uh, school uniform, if it is uh, foods, if it is uh, textbooks, you know, anything you need to get your, your, your schooling up and running. We're going to, you know, bridge this gap. And thankfully, we've got uh, some organizations to partner with us. Recently, we got a grant um, from Leap Africa and Makata Foundation uh, on the hashtag the Nigeria we want. And we're able to do a lot of projects, a lot of good in our communities that still put in the mind of people that there are some people out there that are rooting for them. And education remains very crucial and important to sustainable development. Uh, thank you, Grace. So the first thing is, um, like I said, is uh, palliative intervention. The second one is uh, ICU. We call it academic ICU, intensive care unit. So there's another story to this, a research on its own in one of our communities where we noticed that when the school do their auditing, their summative and formative evaluation in, in a year, and they see that, oh, this child cannot move to the next, does not meet the requirement to move to the next class. Um, they ask them to repeat. Yes, that's a word. Let's not glorify it. They ask them to retake or sit in that class when their mates are moving ahead. So we noticed a trend over some years in that particular school that most of 98% of these kids or these children that were asked to receive the class decided not to retake the class because uh, of the stigma of staying with their juniors. So they leave the school, they drop out of school. This is a problem or was a problem for us at the time and we had to do something about it. So in the school, we actually erected a project called uh, Giddy to School ICU and that is intensive care unit. What do we do? We make sure that these, uh, these kids are, are giving special attention, uh, special curriculum, disruptive education to make sure that we know what exactly do they respond to? How can they learn better? How can we move them from where they are to where we need them to be so that they don't drop out of school? And then we recorded out of 66 uh, students that piloted, out, out of 68 students that piloted with us, during that academic year, 66 of them actually promoted to the next class. That was a huge win for us. And anytime I think about this success, this impact, I... I actually like, I'm amazed. And then I'm also impressed. And then I also understand that education is truly the tool to change the world. Uh, if I need to count how many people we've touched in this past few years, I mean, we have touched thousands of thousands of, of students in our communities, in our um, sustainable development campaigns uh, and awareness in all schools, raising the banners of quality education. I mean, we've touched nothing less than uh, 5,000, 6,000 students in uh, our low-income communities. We talk about projects, uh, our projects in terms of palliatives, in terms, in terms of uh, 
We also have this project called uh, Giddy to School Book Club, where we use books, uh, uh, the biographies of uh, leaders to motivate our students. So uh, that is also based on the research that students now think that education is a scam, right? And then they don't even want to listen to you. They prefer to go into the entertainment world to get motivation. You know what? I want to be like Whiskey. I want to be like David Doe. Uh, there's nobody saying, oh, you know what? Ben Carson is, is a very, very, you know, I want to be like him. There's nobody saying, oh, I want to be like uh, Malala. I want to be like, uh, you know, Barack Obama. No, nobody is saying that anymore. The next thing you see is they want to be like one uh, person out there. And it's not like what these, these things are bad. Like this uh, emulating people in the entertainment world is bad. But they are ditching school, calling education a scam to actually, you know, leaving school to go into uh, entertainment. And we see that this in the long run is going to cause a lot of effort to us as a people as a country and as a continent. So we need to get at least basic education first. So this is what we keep telling them in all of our awareness campaigns. Even if you want to go into entrepreneurship, uh, artisanship or craftsmanship, there is need for you to at least be able to read and write. There's a need for you to be at least be able to communicate to people who are outside your community, outside your continent, if need be. So you are now a, a student or a citizen of the world, not just a local champion if you understand what I mean. So, and then the third one is actually around uh, motivation, uh, motivation, Giddy to School Motivation Hub. So in the Motivation Hub, what we do actually is we have fellowships. Uh, this encompasses people in uh, young professionals, uh, you know, the human resource development. This is where we look at uh, employability skills. We look at, I mean, adults in quotes. People that uh, we need us, okay, how do you write a CV? How do you write a winning CV? How do you write um, uh, um, your recommendation letters? What do you need to get into grad school? What do you need to, I mean, everything that has to do with what could move a youth from where they are to where they are supposed to be. So it's a whole lot of work, you know, and I'm really, really happy that I work with um a lot of young and vibrant, vibrant people all around the world. Uh, we have an ambassador of ten people from three continents that are working with us. Uh, it's it's been an amazing journey so far, from you know Africa to Asia to America to Australia. I mean, we have ambassadors from all over this place, and you know we call them the faculty. We look over the disruptive school together. We look over our projects together. We look over our deliverables together and we provide these solutions together. So, I mean, uh, in a nutshell, uh, our impact still remains, you know, unwavered commitment to our grassroots communities. Because if we are to achieve the aims of the SDGs that says that we are leaving no one behind and our timeline is 2030, I think we need to look more into the local indigenous communities. I think we need to do more for these people because it's easy for them to get marginalized and nobody would even notice that they are drifting away. Thank you, Grace. This is really brilliant. I like how um, how wholesome, If if I, I don't know if that's the, the, the right word to use, but Thank you. you're focusing on not only on the... Um, you know the, the 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 technical skills. You're also focusing on the entrepreneurial skills. 
Yeah. And congratulations even on the award that you received, the funding that you received to Thank expand you. and to do more of your work. Thank you. So that's much. amazing. That's a lot of work on SDG four. And I, as I've said in life, that it's that it encompasses a little bit of everything. So that as somebody is growing up, as a child is growing up, they're able to understand that I could also being an entrepreneur is not bad. I got mm-hmm. the skills through this project that was done for us, yeah. and so that's also a path that I can take. So amazing work you've done there. And with all this brilliance, um, as we wrap up, I'd just like you to give us one word of advice to young people. Being a change maker is not easy. I'm on that path my own, and I know how tough it can get. And (laughs) some days are quite lonely. Some days you're wondering, (laughs) okay, did I make the right decision? Or I should have just stuck to the normal career path. So with all that you have done, and the all that you all that you keep doing. What word of advice do you have for any young person thinking, "I want to change my community. I want to to remove poverty, to eradicate poverty. You mm-hmm. know, to tackle you know leadership and 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 advocate for proper leadership and governance to get even to the political space." But I'm so scared. Uh, what word of advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, uh, being scared is is natural. You must be scared if you have something mm. big that you have to do. But one thing I'd say that has been a compass for me, right? All my life is start. Mm-hmm. If you don't start, you don't mm-hmm. you don't you don't even know what what you're capable of doing. Just like one of my mentors would say, mm-hmm. you don't know how you can how how long you can go. You you don't know how fast you can go. You you, you don't know you know how much you can do. So my first advice is to start. Start afraid. Start even if you have to mm-hmm. even if you have to crawl. Just start. And then the road mm-hmm. keeps paving itself. So I'd say that youthfulness is a blessing. Yeah. Actually, youthfulness is a blessing. There tends to be an avenue to, to waste our life uh, on frivolities as youth. Uh, many people would call mm-hmm. you boring as a young person because you're really focused on your goal and all. But then I say that you should stay true to your vision as young people. Uh, if you've got a vision, please stay true to it. Uh, your generation will thank you for it. If not... If you don't have a vision yet, as a young person, I say you should do an inner soul searching uh, because excellence comes to those who, who know early what they want to excel at. Uh, finally, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be arrogant and don't be shy to go on that to reach. Uh, so even as adults, we need a guiding light, you know, when we've uh, somehow lost our compasses. So uh, I think a little bit of confidence um a little bit of um tutelage and we would change the world together so these are my words of advice for anyone out there that is you know really really there are days that it would be lonely just like you said yeah there are days when you would mm-hmm. feel lost in your own mind like am i even doing the right thing that is when people would desert you and be like you're just alone in your head you know mm-hmm. what just keep yeah. looking at that light look at that impact you want to make look at the story you want to, you, I mean, the story you want to, to hear after you've made that impact, and that would, you know, probably keep you going. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Nuggets of wisdom from Isaac himself. Guys, I hope you've had just start. Um, what I'm getting from you is just start. Yeah. Uh, secondly, start and then the path will pave way for it. The path will pave way for you. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, your generation will thank you. That really got me that your generation will actually future generations, current and future generations will thank yeah. you for actually starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not be afraid and keep going, keep going. 
Thank yeah. you so much, Isaac. This has been such a really nice session, especially getting to know what you do and how you are impacting communities around um, your country and even in Africa. I, I I really do pray that your project extends borders. And it's, you know, we're hearing the projects in Kenya. We're hearing the project in East Africa, South Africa. Oh, yes, yes. I pray that, that that happens for you because that you, your work is absolutely amazing and impactful. Thank you. So thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening in. Uh, please do check out Isaac. Isaac, uh, in one minute, tell us your social so that guys can be able to reach out to you just in case they can reach, they want oh, yes. to reach out to you. Oh, yes. Uh, my Instagram, uh, Bamidele Isaac Itsunu Uluwa. On LinkedIn as well, Bamidele Isaac Itsunu Uluwa. Bamidele is B A M I D E L E. Then Isaac, my Kenyan friend will say Isaac. Thank you for spelling it. <laughs> Then it's yes. Nuluwa, I-T-U-N-U-O-L-U-W-H. We want to catch up on our works on the web, on the web, www.giditoschool.org. That's G-I-D-D-Y-2, figure 2, then school.org. Thank you, Grace. Amazing. Thank you so much, Isaac. That has been such a lovely session. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the amazing work that you'll be doing. And for the listeners, please do share this with your friends and your networks, your change-making circle. Um, follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on Instagram as well, uh, where we do update you on different things that we're doing and the different work that different change-makers are doing around the world.